Hi, welcome to the Happiness Hive podcast. I'm Catherine Bowyer and I am completely fascinated by people and what motivates them. I've spent the past three and a half decades specialising in mindset and human behaviour and I've helped thousands of people to create happy and amazing lives. And now I am super excited to be chatting with women from around the world who I have secret and to be honest, not so secret crushes on. They're women who inspire me. I'm intrigued as to how they do life and what makes them tick. I want to find out their magic formula that makes them who they are. And at the end of the episode, I'd love for you to say, I'd like a little bit of what she's having. The conversations are real and raw. They're full of passion, inspiration and lots of fun. And nothing is off limits. So grab yourself a cuppa or pop on your trackie and go for a walk and join us for today's chat. There may just be that pearl of wisdom you need to hear. So let's shimmy on over and get started. I met today's guest through a mutual friend and a previous podcast guest, Jane Baxter. And I love the the connections that we're able to make. And I love how women are just so encouraging and supporting of each other. And today's guest is Claire Riley. Claire is a business and marketing coach. And now she's a Officially a published author too, and we're going to chat all about her wonderful book. Claire is a textbook Virgo, spreadsheet-loving, list-ticking, action-taking, colour-coding, organising goddess and productivity guru who is all about simplifying things, getting over needing to be perfect and loves a lazy lifestyle. Sounds like we are soul sisters. (laughs) She works with recovering perfectionist women in mainly service-based businesses, teaching lazy, easy abundance her way. And Claire's book is called The Recovering Perfectionist. And we're going to dive in to chat with Claire about how she does life and what her road to recovery has been like. So Claire, (laughs) welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. Now, I'm just looking at you. For those of you who are listening... I'll describe this for you. Claire is in a very tropical, looking very tropical environment with a very summery outfit on. (laughs) I'm in not a tropical environment and I've just turned my heater off. Claire, where are you? I'm in the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. In Queensland. So that's just north of Brisbane, isn't it? Yeah, sunny Queensland, about an hour north of of Brisbane, about five minutes from the beach where I am. And it's just delicious. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I can feel those vibes there already. Have you always lived in Sunshine Coast? No, we, I moved up here about three and a half years ago with my kids and we kind of ended up where we, exactly where we are completely by accident because we're having a lot of trouble finding a place. So we found this amazing spot completely by accident didn't even see it before we'd moved in oh how perfect Saw it for the first oh. time 10 minutes before the removalists arrived and it's probably my top two or three favorite places out of over 30 places I've ever lived so oh my gosh we just how... got super lucky we we're very looked after yeah where did you move from <laughs> just from Brisbane so not too far but it feels like an entirely different world sort of thing yes. yeah it's a very it's it's relaxed, isn't it? It's, it's very relaxed. Yeah. It, it really surprised me. I lived in Brisbane for 13 years and that was, you know, my first sort of intro to Queensland and it's all, you know, Brisbane's very relaxed anyway. And I thought it would be exactly the same up in Sunshine Coast, but the, it honestly is so different. It's very chill. The, I think it's got one of the highest per capita rates of self-employment. So the oh, vibe right. is very much like I do my work so I can go surfing for the rest of the day or I do my work so I can lie on the beach for the rest of the day. So 
yeah, it definitely is. It's very outdoorsy. I've never been an outdoorsy person until I moved here and it's just really easy and nice to be outdoors. So. <laughs> oh, gosh, I love that. And for those of our listeners that are listening from overseas, so it's the northern part, Queensland is the northern part of Australia and you're in the southern part of the northern part of Australia, yeah, aren't you? Yeah. which is so still tropical. It's tropical. We still kind of get the four yeah. seasons, which is nice. I grew up in Darwin in the Northern Territory for quite a bit of time oh, when did I was you? a kid. So it was like really, really hot and raining or really, really hot and not raining. There were two seasons and they were just both really, really hot. So it's really lovely here. And, I, you know, now I say I love winter, but it's because our winters are still 20 degrees during the day and maybe get down to five or six overnight. So cool yeah. enough to still put, you know, some winter woolies on for the evening. But, I mean, I'm wearing a singlet. You're now. wearing a singlet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our winters in Canberra, I do not love yeah. them. Right. I, we have four very distinct seasons, but. Yeah. Winter's not my favourite. Winter yeah. is not my favourite. So yeah. growing up in Darwin, what was that like? What was growing yeah, up? Yeah, it was fantastic. I was there pretty much for all of my high school, a couple of years on and off afterwards as well, and it was absolutely fantastic. The freedom and I guess it was super relaxed there. So, you know, you used to you know, pay 50 cents for a bus pass for the entire day and you could just get around with your friends okay. and it was very safe and all of that sort of thing. So, I, you know, I probably wouldn't live there again now, but growing up as a kid and as a teenager, it was, I wouldn't change that for the world. It was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that, do you know what? I, I don't think I've met anybody that's grown up in Darwin. I know a lot of people have been there as adults yep. for work. No one yeah. is actually like yeah. born there and stays there sort of thing. It's very transient, yeah. which is, I guess, pretty exciting. I, you know, I'd moved around, I don't know, maybe 12 different places before I moved there when I was maybe 11 years old. Wow. So that kind of, I guess, suit, suits me. And I quite like that nomadic kind of, yes. you know, getting around yeah. sort of vibe. So yeah, there's always someone new and new things kind of going on up there. So yeah, I haven't been back for a very long time. It's been 10 years since I visited, but I've, I've never been there. I that's on my definitely on my bucket list. Yeah, but yeah. There's so many things on my bucket, so many places yeah. on my bucket I'd list. I'd love to take my kids back there and show them, you know, some of the haunts and, you know, all the fun stuff like camping and the beautiful, you know, outback and whatnot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That would be so cool. That would be so cool. Yeah. So you grew up there and then traveled around a bit, went to Brisbane. Were you working when you went to Brisbane? Yeah. Well, so I went from Darwin to Adelaide, back to Darwin, then to Sydney, then to London, <laughs> then to Brisbane. So. <laughs> Wow. And before that, I was in a few other places in the Northern Territory and Adelaide and the Barossa Valley. So, you know, I've kind of been everywhere, man. Wow. Um, you have been everywhere. <laughs> I've so been everywhere. And have you had your own business for all that time? So you're a business and marketing coach now, but I know yeah. you've had a number of businesses. Yeah. So my, well, I guess I've kind of always had something on the side, even as a, yeah. as a high schooler, I was always kind of doing something on the side. Not great at So was school. I, but not business. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing stuff on the side, but oh, no. yes, business, business stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I don't know. Yeah, so I've been doing this business, this official sort of business, for about seven years. I think I'm coming yeah. up for in November this year. Before that, I was a remedial massage therapist, so I had my own business doing that, and then I was a baby massage instructor, so I had a business doing that, and I had I used to work in HR and office management and that sort of thing so then I also had a business writing people's CVs and job applications and all and job coaching and all that sort of thing so yeah so I guess and I've had a, you know a couple of other things that I've sort of set up and then shut down so I think this is officially my seventh business or something like that but it's finally the one that actually suits me and that I should have probably been doing all along but I thought it was going to be the boring version Turns out it's what I'm really good at and what I what really love. <laughs> yeah I'm going to dip back into that and there's part in your book so I'm just going to Claire's book is The Recovering Perfectionist, and there's an interesting little story in there about naming one of your businesses. 
<laughs> people can read this if you want. It's hilarious. No, no, it? it's hilarious. Would you share like a full story? Yeah. So <laughs> when I, <laughs> I my my massage business was called the Balance Bar. My CV business was called the CV Bar because it was easy to change the logo yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But with my baby massage business, I thought that was going to be it. You know, that was going to be my little empire. So my kids' names start with Z and I. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I'll make it Zizi, Z-I-Z-I. That's cute. You know, I like I like business <laughs> names that kind of sound like a word but aren't a real word. That's cute. So I. You know, paid for the branding, got the beautiful logo, recorded an online course, set up the website, <laughs> like everything. We put a hell of a lot, you know, did all the things I tell people not to do these days before they start making money. Yeah. Did all of this. And then I was, you know, really excited. Right. I'm going to go on and tell everyone on Facebook now and let everyone know about my new venture and my new beautiful thing and hit go. And, you know, I did that and said, you know, welcome. This is my beautiful new business. This is who I work with. And everyone, you know, I got, I don't know, 30 or 40 comments fairly quickly. Yay, congratulations. That's so exciting. Until one person said, hmm, I guess you don't speak French then. And I'm like, what has happened? (laughs) (laughs) Straight to Google Translate. What does Zizi mean in French? It means willy. So I had set up a business called Willy Baby Massage. (laughs) needless to say it was a bit of a punch in the guts and it never kind of took off because it was a bit embarrassing to be putting things out there and so years later I was getting messages from people saying I do not understand do you do massage for the baby or for the willy (laughs) that was confusing marketing that's interesting so yeah maybe maybe a lesson in there is google translate yeah, if you're going to come up with a funny name, maybe just check, you know, some, especially some of the more popular languages that it's not a really, yeah, due diligence, you know do some checking. And, yeah, and we can go into, we can get tunnel vision, can't we? We can kind of just be so excited about things. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh, maybe, maybe I could. Yeah, and I think I even looked at, could I add an extra Z in the middle? And no, it's the same thing. It's just a different. Just, just a bigger yeah. willy, bigger willy. It was, it was just baby willy massage. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sound like an absolute creep with a business name like that at all, do I? <laughs> Yeah, maybe that was the universe's way of saying that that's not your Yeah, let's your redirect thing. you. Yeah. <laughs> and so you found, you you were sharing that your current business, business and marketing mm-hmm. coach and yeah. mentor, how did you come into that? Because you were sort of sharing that you thought it was going to be the boring version, but it turns out that it's the actual so, thing that lights you yeah, up. Yeah, I guess if I even go back to when I was in high school, yeah. And, you know, trying to decide what to do with my life. Was I going to be a furniture designer or an actress or, you know, all those mm-hmm. sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going and studying psychology for a little while, but my mum had always said, I think you should do business. And I was so insulted by that. Like, yeah. no, I business yeah. is just something that old men do while they sit around boardrooms, <laughs> patting each other on the back. Like, gross. I'm not, I'm, I'm way more interesting than going into business. But every time, so I've, I've been working since I was 14 and I've been in a management role of some sort since I was 16. And yeah. Every time I went into a new job, I'd say to my friends, this is it. This is, I'm just going to do my like nine to five. I'm just going in, punching in, doing my work, keeping my head down and going. And within a couple of months of every single job, I always ended up in a management yes. role. Yeah, yeah. Can't yeah. bloody help myself, but yeah. fix things and improve things. And yeah. turns out I'm just really good at that stuff. So God damn it. <laughs> and all the businesses that I set up in the setup and the marketing of them was always fun until I got to the, the part where I had to do the delivery. And I don't want to touch yeah, yeah. people anymore. Or I don't want to teach people about babies. I just like, I just, I really liked the business side of stuff. So eventually I ended up in an HR and operations management role in between having my kids and that sort of thing. And then when I decided to start my own business, I thought I wanted to be a VA, like an online office manager sort of thing. 
did that for a few months, but realized that I was basically charging $45 an hour for coaching. So I was mm-hmm. like, you know what, I've just got to rip the bandaid off and start calling it what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of just been, the, you know, the, the beginning iterations of, of what this has been. And I've sort of, you know, ended up specializing in some things, but it's, yeah, that's sort of how it out. Yeah. yeah. And and it's interesting, isn't it, that you sort of go through experiences, or this was for me, I didn't realise maybe what my calling was until I'd been through experiences sure. that sort of yeah. showcased that. So that yeah. sounds similar for you as well. That Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you're doing things that are your passion. Like when I introed you, you know, the, the spreadsheet loving, <laughs> list ticking, action taking, like you're organized. Yep. It, it sounds like you're very, very organized and you're able to help other people to get yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 So how did the book come about? Like the book is The Recovering Perfectionist. Yep. I guess how did that come about, which is probably a lead on from what we were just chatting about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess years ago when I was still probably in the first couple of years of my business, I had a, a, a few sessions with a friend of mine who also was a client and I was a client of hers. She's an intuitive business coach. And I was having the existential crisis that everyone has in the first few years. Like, what am I doing? What's the point? I don't even yeah. know who I am anymore. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, 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 as a business yeah. owner, it's, you know, the PD that you get (laughs) when you have your own business and she was like well you know she asked all these beautiful questions and one of them was well why did you start and when I think about it I was like well people kept asking like how do you do it all you've got a busy social life and two little kids and a tidy home and a great business and like how do you do it all and I was like well I guess I'll just like show people like that'll be the thing she's like nah you're not the poster girl for I've got my shit together and yes I am what are you talking (laughs) about like of course I am and I sort of swept that under the carpet and then I guess a few things kind of started happening and unraveling, especially when I had my second child and my now ex-husband, but he used to work away and I was there by myself and I was sort of, I guess, coming up with a heap of all the sort of self-sabotage and that shitty Mm -hmm. self-talk and all that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And also realizing if, you know, my best friend was saying this or doing this, would I be as critical of her as I am myself? Like that was such a big aha moment for me. And so I eventually was like, I need to start a podcast, but it's not going to be just about business. It has to be a bit more about like the journey sort of thing. And so I ended up starting a podcast called The Recovering Perfectionist six months after I'd been told, like, you don't have to be the perfectionist. And I was like, yes, I do. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, I sort of, you know, came around and ended up starting the podcast for that, that sort of thing. And obviously then speaking to people for a couple of years on, you know, on the podcast and that sort of thing, just realising how endemic it is, yeah. especially amongst women and especially amongst you know, mums and, and women who have businesses that it's just, it's just such a big issue. And it's such a fucking shame. Like we're yeah. missing out on so much because we're worried about it not being perfect. And it's just such a load of rubbish. So I noticed, you know, when I've sort of started putting podcast out and started talking about the recovering perfectionist, I always describe it as like sitting around Christmas lunch and someone unbuckles their belt <laughs> yes. and everyone else is like, oh, thank God I can do the same. And everyone does the same. It was like that and everyone sort of came out saying, thank you, you've just given me permission to do it. So I sort of tricked myself into, well, I'm just doing it so that everyone else can do it. So it actually helped me to also get over my own shit. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. Self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's why I do a lot of what I do. It's the same thing. Yeah. And, and we've talked about this and it's in your book as well, that the things that come easy to you don't always come easy to other people. Right. And by yeah. you going through and experiencing it, it's about that being able to share and help other people. Like that's the reason this podcast's here as well, like showcasing other women and just 
how other women do things because we all do it differently. Yeah. Like we've all got to, and I know you, you're very much about this as well, is it's about doing it your way. Yeah. And by sharing how you do it doesn't mean that others have to do it that way, but it just helps people to kind of get over there, like unbu- yeah, and just un- see what's unbuckle possible. their belt. It's, yeah, mm. it's sort of, I always describe it like it's like holding the door open. So it's like if I do it yeah. first, the door's already open. Yeah. You can step through it if you want yeah. to. You don't have to, but it's yeah. it's open. You don't have yeah. to feel like you're the first one doing it sort of thing. Yeah. And I think that's a really beautiful gift because there's, you know, there's certainly things that I have done because I've seen other people do it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah. if they can do it, I can do it, right? Yeah. It's yeah. a walking the talk thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and I do you find it too, like I, I I love that analogy of opening the door and about that vulnerability piece as well. Yeah. How does that show up for you? Because I find by just getting in and having a go and yeah. just showing other people that I'm giving things a go, it almost, yeah. that's that door opening. Totally. I, I guess there's probably two parts that I was thinking about with that. And the first one is that it shouldn't feel forced. It, no. it needs to like sometimes feels uncomfortable, yeah. but if it feels forced, there's a reason for that. And yes. there's either it's because you're trying to do it exactly how someone else has yeah. done it. And I absolutely, it's a big bugbear of mine. I'm always like, it's not my way or the highway. I'll show you 10 different ways. And hopefully yeah. one of those works for you, but if not, we'll Frankenstein something else together that does exactly. work for you. Yeah. And, and what works for you now won't work for you in yeah. three months' time or six months' yeah. time. We just keep evolving. Like we keep yes. changing it and doing whatever yeah. needs to happen. So part of it is that like not forcing it, but, you know, everyone's like it's like life starts outside of your comfort zone. Yeah, cool, but that's also really scary. So there's got to be some support structures and mechanisms and stuff that actually helps you, I guess, hold your hand while you walk through the door or whatever. And I've had conversations about this so much in this just this week actually and it, for me, it's like I, I always talk about like how I travel. I'm always, you know, in my life, I'm very, you know, pretty organized and structured and I have my routines and all of that sort of thing. That's my happy place, but I get that that's not for everyone as well. Mm-hmm. But when I travel, I can literally be like, right, I'm done with this city. Let's go to the train station, see where to go next. Mm-hmm. Oh, that looks good. I don't know where I'm staying tonight, whatever. But I can only do that. I can only do that play and that freedom because I have all the safety nets. I've got the visa, the passport, the traveler's checks, the cash, the, you know, documents backed up over there and a documents envelope with my dad and, you know, all of those sorts of things that mean I can play, right? Yeah. So I always talk about like freedom in structure. Yeah. Structure shouldn't be there to cage you in or to make it feel heavy and make it feel boring and dull. It should be there as your safety net so that you can play, so that you can have fun and and try new things and fuck things up and like the whole world's not going to fall apart because you've got some things that, keep the door open I guess you know whether that's your business and you've got some automations and some you know stuff that always happens or it's your travel or it's your home or you know all of that sort of thing so in that sense so probably going a bit off topic there but no I love that I love that and I'm reflecting as you say that that's very much how I live my life I have structure there to be able to allow me to be spontaneous yes yeah but it's the structure is the safety net yeah and that's in my work that's in my home life as well so I think that's really great and what you were saying there too about you know growth happens outside your comfort zone yes I do agree with that but I see a lot of people and maybe I'm guilty of this at some stages too saying you know, you've always got to be at your comfort zone. I just don't think that that's oh, true. God, no. I just that's don't think stressful. That, it's too stressful. <laughs> and it's almost like this unrealistic, 
oh, I've got to be doing the next thing, the next thing. Yeah. We don't have to be doing the next thing, the next no. thing, because if it's the thing very... we're doing is fine, then yeah. stay and enjoy and consolidate. Totally. Yeah. yeah, it's such a masculine energy yes. of like, get out of your comfort zone, yeah. always be yeah. pushing, push, push, push. Yeah. Like that Like I want yeah. to enjoy my life. And, you yeah. know, a big thing for me in the last probably 10 years has been that stopping and celebrating and yes. rewarding myself and not flogging a dead horse. Yeah. You know, I used to really pride myself on never taking a sick day until I was so sick that someone sent me home. Yes. Like I would go to work and go until yes. my boss said, you probably should go home. And I'd be like, be fine, yeah. dying. Yeah, yeah. And now I have, you know, if I reflect on like now, I'm like, ah, I've got period pains or I'm low mood or I'm tired. Yeah. I'm taking the day off. Cool. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I know that's a, that's a privilege that I have. You know, at a certain point with my business, that there's some flexibility there, and I know not everyone has the you know flexibility to do that. But in other ways, there's a there's there's this total energy to push, 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 push. Yes. Like, and you know, okay, I've done that. What's next? Done that. What's yeah. next? And there's no time to actually go. Oh, I did that. Yay me! Yeah. You know, I'm going to go to the beach for the afternoon, or have a big glass of wine, or whatever it is. And actually celebrating. And sometimes that's by myself. And sometimes it's sending a biz bestie a message and saying, guess what I've just finished. And sometimes yeah. it's, you know, celebrating with my friends or whatever. So actually stopping and, and celebrating. And, you know, even I think if you think about cycles of your business, your life, yeah. your day, your month, whatever, there's there's seasons, right? So, you know, you're in winter. It can be the middle of summer, actual. But yeah. if you're in winter in your business, you're in hibernation. You're just in yeah. like, you know, just keep it going, whatever. And I think allowing and taking stock and taking time to stop and see like what season am I in and yeah. am I cool with that or do I need to move seasons? You know, 2020 was a massive growth year for me. It was like summer harvest kind of thing, like everything I'd been working on for years had sort of finally was, you know, what's, the, yeah, harvest, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But then for 2021, I was exhausted. So I just coasted and I gave myself permission. I'm not doing anything new. I'm not growing this year. I'm just coasting. I'm just doing easy. <laughs> Stuff yeah. the goals, just coast for a bit. Enjoy the ease. Enjoy the easiness. Yeah. Yeah. We can't be in growth stage all the time. No. And it's yeah. that when a lot of people sort of think about that renewal, 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 that we can't do that renewal unless we actually take stock, like you were saying about the seasons, that it's about getting ready for the new growth stage and it's about letting go of things that we no longer want. If you think about autumn, that's the releasing of the old energy and that we need to go through that. So I think I really love that analogy. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to dip back when you were talking about the masculine energy and the vulnerability piece, one of the things I've noticed is shifting out of my head, you know, trying to think things into, into manifestation and really moving into my heart space and feeling it and what's right for me, not just about doing it for, oh, this is the next thing to do because I can make that happen. I'm very good at making things happen but it's about feeling into it and shifting into that feminine energy of where does this fit within my life, my business, my being. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an attachment thing so often where we think we should be doing something or we think we should be at a certain space or we need to create the new thing or whatever it is, but it's actually, like you said, tapping into, is this right for right now? It doesn't necessarily yeah, mean it's you know, right. every decision yeah. we make is not forever. Most yeah. of them, yeah. <laughs> probably yeah. a couple, but you know, most yeah, of them no, you can make a decision today, much. change your mind tomorrow. Who cares? Like there's no point in stressing about ha- having to make the perfect decision or no. sort of thing. So no, 
Tell yeah. me about perfectionism. What does that, what does perfectionism mean? What, yeah, what is it, being a perfectionist? It's a really interesting thing. And I, you know, when I first started talking about it, there was a bit of a, a backlash about, well, I'm, I, I don't want to do things imperfectly because I like doing things to a high quality. I'm like, well, I never said you couldn't do it to a high quality. <laughs> so don't beat yourself up over it sort of thing. Yeah. So for me, perfectionism, and I, you might have gotten to the parts in the yeah, book where yeah. it's like a bit of a definition and I use it interchangeably with people yes. pleasing and with being a yes girl and being a control freak and all of that sort of thing because for me that's sort of it, it was all encompassing. Mm-hmm. It was trying to be all things to all people all the time and never worrying about what I needed. Like mm-hmm. I was totally last on the list sort of thing. I mean, it it comes up if you're talking like pure psychology, which not me, hashtag not a doctor. <laughs> it's, it, you know, there's actually, you know, disorders about perfectionism yeah. and OCD and all of that sort of thing. It's totally, you know, a thing, but not something I talk about. Yeah. But definitely, you know, there's type A personalities where they've got to be the best of the best, otherwise they're a failure. If they're not number yeah. one, they're a failure sort of thing, which, you know, that's a really big thing for a lot of people as well. But yeah, I think the biggest thing is the people pleasing stuff where we're always out to get that external validation or which we don't call it that because we don't know that's what we're actually doing, but that's exactly what it is. We need someone else to tell us how great we are, but we'll deny it, of course, because it's supposed to be easy. And, you know, one thing we talked about ages ago is, you know, especially with women and and mums, we're supposed to look like the duck on the water. We're supposed to just be cruising along. I've got my yeah. shit together. Yeah. I've got my house. I've got my car. I've got my fashion. I've got my, you know, kids. I've got everything. <laughs> Everything's fine. But under the water, we're like, oh, I can't get <laughs> So, yes. yeah, I think, I think that's probably the biggest thing, how it shows up for most people is just, trying to do all the things and not make, not make it look like it's hard. It has to look And not, I think that's the thing too, isn't it? It's about that overanalyzing, not making it hard, not wanting to make a mistake yeah. is getting everything right. You talk about your inner critics, like the crew, yep. the crew of inner critics <laughs> yep. in, in the book about the different parts of us and the inner perfectionist yeah. is one of those parts to yeah, do. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, the crew is so interesting and different people have, yeah. you know, different, different- personalities in the crew sort of thing and you know the the mean girl is just the one who's just a bitch to you and she's telling you that you're fat and ugly and stupid and dumb and never do anything right blah 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 she's just mean there's no point to her but then there are some other ones in there who just they're actually just there to keep us safe they're like hang on can we just do a bit of a risk analysis before we go and do that sort of thing you know they're not bad things they're just sometimes like I talk about in the book like just don't let them drive they can still come along for the ride but they have to know their place so you know I talk about with my inner perfectionist, like she's not going anywhere. There's, I'm a Virgo and I like things a certain way. And, you know, I've been a control freak for so many years. I'm not going to let all of it go. Yeah. But my control freak, like she gets to, I don't know if you've ever seen it. She gets to, re, she gets to arrange the books in colour. Actually, my, <laughs> she arranges the bookcase in colour code. Right, but it's rainbow colour code, isn't it? Rainbow colour code. code, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and she's allowed to wrap the Christmas presents and she's allowed to do the cleaning and that sort of thing. But she's not allowed in my business. She's not allowed to touch the keyboard. She is not allowed yeah. to do parenting. She's got her jobs, right? So yeah. I still allow my little perfectionist to have her little outlets. Yeah. But the rest of us just have fun. So <laughs> How do you do that, Claire? I get that concept. How do you, what's the process, and I'm not sure if you're able to articulate it, the process of letting her do those things but not be in the business? Mm. What does that look like? Sorry, that's, I get it, but I'm just wondering for some of our listeners might not. 
Yeah, great question. I guess one of the things that I did, and it's in the process in the book, is about doing a bit of a a list of things that I've missed out on or things that I feel like were a missed opportunity because I was worried about what people would think or say or what would happen if I stuffed it up or all of those sorts of things. And it was just so astounding to me. Like there were things that, things in my personal life, of course, but there was a heap of things in the business that I'm like, that I, I guess I'd probably tried some stuff and it had stuffed up. And I was like, oh, but no one died and no one cared. So, you know, that sort of practice definitely helps. But just seeing like seeing what other people are doing and they're doing it really imperfectly. So if they're doing it imperfectly, well, I can go and do it imperfectly as well and just see what happens because it's just, you know, it's that holding the door open sort of thing for each other, I think. Yeah. One of the things I kind of reflect on is what's working for me, what's not. Like when I've got that bit of resistance, it's like what's the resistance here? Yeah. And if if my inner perfectionist was coming to play, it would maybe about that I'm taking a lot of time to check and double check things. And then I would do a reflection saying, you know, do I need that to happen now? And it was Mm. almost like this. And a lot of it's about self-awareness as well, knowing the parts of us. And I know you talk about that in your book as well, but knowing the parts of us and kind of having this internal conversation going, look, I love that you're, you're there to help and make things right. But we've got this this gorgeous yeah we've got this gorgeous we don't need to read that email 15 times you know maybe three times is okay one big thing that I've probably lived by is if I say yes to this what am I saying no to if I say no to this what am I saying yes to like that's such a good yeah yeah decision making tool I think for for me certainly that I think like if I if I choose to create this or do this or say or, or say yes to this or go to that event or help that person or whatever yeah. what am I saying no to and am yeah. I okay with that and sometimes the answer is yeah fuck it let's do it and sometimes yeah. it's nah, I'm actually not and that's the hard one when you've actually got yeah. to you know the boundaries <laughs> yeah. Yeah. boundaries is such a big a big part of all of the stuff like yes. all of the recovering perfectionists yeah. and all of business and all of you know probably the biggest lesson for me in the last 10 years is 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 putting stronger boundaries in place and yeah. being really kind about them and loving but unapologetic. Sometimes they suck. Sometimes it's really hard to have boundaries. But, like, I know I've had an, an example just recently, just this week, actually, where I've had to put a very strong boundary in place with a friend, which feels really uncomfortable. But as soon as I did it, I felt, you know, the light, yeah, the, the lightness. load is lighter. And I know that when we get through this, it will be really great for her as well because she'll also be able to go next time I need to put a boundary and I will be able to put a boundary because I saw what you did and you know I know why it happened and all that sort of thing so yeah but it's it's hard (laughs) yeah yeah I I think that and what I think is really important too is about you can have boundaries but you can do it with kindness and absolutely you don't have to and you've said this you don't have to be an asshole about it I mean if you choose to be an asshole then that's got to think about what the impacts are yeah we both love, like you mentioned, Sarah Knight, the life-changing magic of not giving a fuck. I love that. And about the fuck banks, you know, where are you giving yeah. your fucks? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes our inner perfectionist comes in and she's wanting to give a whole lot of fucks in places yeah. that maybe, you know, is is depleting our fuck banks. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. the things that are important in life, yeah. you know, what other things that are important in life and yeah. where are you placing your energy? Yeah, exactly. And there's even things that you do give a fuck about, but you don't have enough fuck bucks to give them either. Yeah. So you can yeah. put them in the like, yes, yeah. but later pile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, but yeah. later pile. You, you mentioned that a lot of people you work with are 
petrified of even starting mm. doing something because they might get it wrong. Yep. That's often very classic, massive, isn't it, of a perfectionist? Yeah, but it's about I don't even want to give it a go because I don't know what that end result's going to be. Yeah. And if I don't get it, I find a lot of my clients are about, but what if I get it wrong? Yeah. yeah. How do you talk with your clients about that? It is absolutely massive. It's yeah. definitely the biggest barrier, I think, for probably a lot of women, not only in business, yeah. but yeah. certainly just getting started. I, and I just keep, it, the whole reason that I started this business and with all the messaging from, you know, from the beginning was all about, I, I just I get very frustrated, very like <laughs> it just seems like such a big fucking shame when I meet people and they've got these amazing ideas and these amazing plans and these beautiful visions and it will change their life and it'll change their family's life and it'll change the world. And I'm like, great. And I go into organizing business yeah. mode, right? All you need to do is A, B, C, D, whatever. And then, you know, and I can even make it like, you know, even really simple and break it down. Like, let's just do step one. And then six months later, I'm like, so how did that thing go? And they're like, oh no, oh no, I could never do it. I haven't got $50,000 in the bank. I need to go and study a new course. I need to, I'm like, Mm -hmm. what? You could have been like doing it already. Like what? (laughs) So it is just, I think there's two things. There's obviously the mindset part is the biggest part of it and giving people permission to give it a go. The second part is just making it as easy as possible. So I'm all about like, like I can see the next six months of the thing, but I know that's because it's easy to me. So I actually need to, again, stop and pause and pare it back a little bit and do the bite-sized pieces. So little tiny wee chunks. This is what we're doing this week or today. This is what we do next week or the next, you know, the next day, that sort of thing. And just making it really easy. But I'm all about easy wins to begin with as well. So even talking about this with someone yesterday when I first put my very first offer out when I first started doing what I was doing I was working with my business coach and she she wanted me to charge I think $75 an hour or something we negotiated to $45 an hour because I can't charge $75 an hour are you kidding yeah anyway I put this offer out and said limited to four people only $25 don't hashtag don't tell Tash who's my business coach like don't tell Tash but I'm doing it for $25 and I got eight people yeah who each came and paid $25, but it, and it was like ridiculously underpriced, but it gave me the confidence that I knew what I was doing, that I could do it and I could deliver something and it was helpful and it was valuable and it was easy. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Now I get it. So then I put it up to 45 and then 75 and now it's 250 an hour sort of thing. So it's, you know, it was, but it was. If you'd gone to 250 an hour from that point, that's, and there'll be some people that will respond to that and go, yeah, big leap. That's the thing that is their challenge. I find most people are about those incremental steps. I just think if I had started even at $100 an hour, I would never put the offer out because I didn't have the confidence. And by having those eight people really quickly, I was like, oh, yeah, good. And, I, you know, I I think I put it in the book as well. I even messaged her straight afterwards and like a few weeks after, I was like, I can't charge people for this. How? Why are people paying me? It's just a spreadsheet. Like, why? it's so simple. And she's like, that's the point. It's supposed to feel easy because it's easy for you. It's not easy for them. That's why they're happy to pay you for it. Oh, like that's how you turn your gifts into a business. Actually, that's, yeah, that's a really good point because there's a lot of women that don't, and men too, I, I guess, but a lot of women that don't pursue things because they go, yeah, but who would pay for that? Yeah. There are so many people because what's, what is easy for us, it, you know, that's our gift and our superpower. Yep. That's not for everybody. They don't have that. So we help them. And one thing that I've really, I guess I've just done it intuitively, but 
you know, to help with the confidence is about getting off myself and focusing on the other people and how yeah. can I serve them? Yeah. Because it's about helping them. I have yeah. gifts that I know help others. Yeah. So if I get off myself and stop saying, oh, you know, Catherine, who are you to even think you can do this? It's like, well, if I can just help one woman yeah. to feel better about herself and get clarity about her life and to make some incremental yeah. steps, then happy days my you work don't have done. to be the best of the best you know or no. the only person who does this thing you just no. have to be able to help someone who's one or two steps behind you that's yeah. all like you Absolutely. don't have to be yeah. you know the world's greatest expert in whatever to still be able to help people who are a couple of steps behind you yeah. that was like such a big lesson I think for me as well just to go oh I don't have to have been doing this for years and that's really interesting because I resonate my coaches that I have are generally a few steps ahead of me when I've had coaches that are mega steps ahead they've kind of forgotten the bits they're so far ahead that they have forgotten the bits where I'm at so I actually when I'm working with a coach like somebody who's a few steps ahead not 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 just one or two but I don't want them to be so out of reach out of reach yeah Yeah. totally yeah Yeah. yeah. like even in terms of content was again talking about this yesterday that we we are so good at what we do sometimes we forget to kind of bring yes. the foundations yeah, through yeah, and sometimes yeah. that's a niching thing because we don't yeah. want to work with people who are like but often it's because we just forgot that people don't know what that word means that we use all the debt da- all yes. the time so going yeah. back to you know defining and because a lot of people won't ask those questions yeah. they think that they're supposed to know or whatever so actually doing your audience a favor or doing people around you a favor by actually just explaining some of the basic stuff that we yeah. think is like really boring it's bloody groundbreaking to some people exactly. you know exactly yeah. yeah the book's beautiful like I love so the recovering perfectionist what was the process like of writing this uh it was long so I started <laughs> writing it in 2017 I went over to India and I took an iPad and I, I had a couple of things to do it was my second time there it was a bit of a holiday I think it was the first time I was away from my kids for more than a night or two took my iPad and I wrote the first $15,000 sitting by the by the ocean drinking whatever their beer's called. <laughs> Not a beer drinker, but that's what you do when you go to yeah, India, apparently. Yeah. And then it sat there gathering virtual dust for about another two years and I didn't oh, do anything with it. Yeah. And then what did I do next? I think then I and then I, I kept I kept getting called to do it. Like I, that's the next thing. It's the yeah. next thing that is is the beginning of whatever the next thing is. But the rest of the stuff is not going to happen until this is out in the world, sort of thing. And those messages came in very different places. You know, sometimes people would send me a message and say, "Hey, I just got a message from the universe. Are you writing a book?" I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I kind of am." <laughs> and then in 2021, I suppose it was, I went to Cairns and did some writing with by myself, and then with a, with another friend, we just sort of went on a bit of a self-led retreat sort of yeah, thing perfect. wrote most of the rest of it there did another retreat with another friend who's also an editor so yeah, which was awesome so she got to give me a heap of tips about writing and the process and the editing stuff and I helped her with the marketing and launch stuff for her book she was writing her book as well so that was good and then it kind of sat there finished more or less finished I think it needed yeah. another three three to five thousand words sat there for another almost year I know this is ridiculous yeah. <laughs> I'm like and then I went to a, um, a mastermind, a group of women who's turned into this beautiful mastermind up here. And when we were sort of asked to, you know, introduce, like, what are we working on and what's next for you? And I sort of brought up the book. And one of the women who's, a, you know, just the most incredible person, she was like, well, can you just publish it if it's finished? If it's finished, can you just get it published? <laughs> I was like, 
well, yeah, like I can. She was like, all right, well, we're meeting again in six weeks. Have it done by then. And I'm like, I can't do it in six weeks. Wow. But the next time we met in six weeks, it was finished and it was up on Kickstarter and I'd started a the, the Kickstarter for it and the Kickstarter tipped in the first six minutes, I think, which was pretty insane. And it was it was almost double the, the goal by the end of the month. But it had been a massive month because it did like yeah. a lot of other publicity sort of stuff as well. So turned out to be the biggest month in my business by like double or triple whatever and yeah so then it was written and because it did so well I then got it professionally edited and proofread and typeset and you know all of that sort of thing and now it's a little book in people's houses which blows my mind (laughs) it's beautiful like it really is I just want to say in reading it it was like I was having a conversation with a really close girlfriend yeah that it, you have such a beautiful writing style. Oh, it's thanks. it's real. Yeah, <laughs> and I like yeah. your your disclaimer up front. <laughs> Actually, I love that disclaimer up front. There's a whole lot there, but I'm just going to quickly dip into this before you share where you can get it. That Claire has a disclaimer about some of the language that she uses. And it's not so to me that wasn't so much that the message I took from that is, but you owned who you were and you were, I think you had said that you are not changing just to please others that this is you this is your book and I've experienced some similar stuff about you know some language but just people not loving who I am that's okay that's okay you know that this it's about I love who I am and I am very mindful about how I come across with others that I'm not going to change just to please others and I guess that's part of that inner perfectionist isn't it yeah totally I mean there's a time and a place you're obviously you know choose that sort of thing but people often do say it's like sitting on the couch drinking wine and having a chat when they're reading it because it's it's powerful and that sort of thing and I I mean that was a it would be a massive barrier to me if I had to change how I talked to write a book it wouldn't have happened like too hard basket sort of thing but yeah it's definitely a permission thing and it's not meant to piss anyone off or hurt any feelings or anything like that it's purely about that like surrender and the boundaries and being honest and I think that you know one thing we probably haven't gone into too much detail about is the the magnetic stuff so you know when you're magnetic you're automatic that means you're going to be repellent to some people and vice versa but it also means that you'll magnetize the right people so if you're pretending to be something different you'll magnetize different people who you don't actually want to be around whereas if you're just being how you are the people who don't like you will go away and the people who yeah. do like you will come to you and that's exactly how it should happen. <laughs> like, yes, and, and you talk about that in your point. Yeah. business coaching as well and I'm very much about that in life is when we are authentic and one of the things I find some people, I, I coach a lot of people in business and they go, well, this is me, people can like me or leave me and I don't give a shit what they think and it's kind of like, well, I think sometimes you do need to give a shit what they think because if you're a leader in an organisation and you're pissing people off and you're not bringing out the best in them, then maybe that's not the the most effective way to go. But the essence of being true to you, and that's what I got from your decline. Yeah, I mean, it was about your essence, yeah. Yeah, and still being kind. You can can be, well, that's just what I'm like, which is a total defence mechanism, which basically is gaslighting everyone into like, well, if you've got a problem with me, that's your problem. Well, actually, being an arsehole, you are being an arsehole. Yes, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So where can we buy? Where can we get so it? Just straight on my website is probably the easiest place, clairiley.co, and there's a big button up the top that says book. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got all the details in the show notes as well. And follow Claire on Insta and Facebook. And I would highly encourage 
the recovering perfectionist, how to stop people pleasing, ask kissing and doubting yourself, a guidebook to an unapologetically easy, aligned and fulfilled life. Claire, I absolutely love chatting and you're right, we could have talked so much more, but I would suggest people go and get your book and all the bits that we didn't talk about here. Oh, that's gorgeous. Thank you so much. Uh, Love it. See you. Hugs and happiness. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can spread the love by sharing it with a friend so she can have a little bit of what we had today. And don't forget to rate and review so we can get it into as many hearts and ears as possible. You can keep the conversation going on my Happiness Hive socials. And if you'd like some more high vibe happiness in your life, come and join me in our community of inspired and motivated women at the Happiness Lounge. This is my online membership club and your central hub for everything you will need to be truly happy and bounce out of bed every day living and loving your best and most beautiful life. To find out more, pop over to the Happiness Hive website and click on the link working with Catherine. Until next time, big hugs and happiness.